my life be like Hey guys, and welcome to uh, Locked In Baseball Podcast. And um, you know, first and you know, first and foremost, I kind of wanted to just express some um, positivity uh, out to you guys out there because I know you guys are a lot of you are bored and have nothing to do. And uh, you know, with that, you know, it's it's time to get creative with. Um, you know, how we develop ourselves and how we, um, you know, how we can get outside and get active. Uh, I know, you know, with, um, you know, the social distancing guidelines, it's, uh, it's pretty challenging. Uh, you know, I got to sneak into the gym every now and then and, and get a workout in over at the facility that we have. But, um, you know, I know for most of you, you guys don't have those types of resources. And so, uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to get started with an informational podcast where we can start, you know, maybe getting a little bit motivated, uh, to do a little bit more with our limited resources. And, you know, today I'm really excited to have, um, you know, current recruiting coordinator at San Diego State, Joe Oliveira, joining in. Um, and, you know, Joe, you've, you've been the recruiting coordinator there for, was it seven years, eight years? Yeah, I just finished my seventh year. Okay, well, welcome, welcome aboard. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. I think uh, this is a brilliant idea and what you're doing is great to, you know, provide a platform and information for your players. And, you know, you know, we're all kind of in the same boat and, you know, we all need to get creative and help each other out and get, get through this thing together. Yeah. And, you know, I think, you know, you're kind of the perfect guy to get started with this, you know, one, because, uh, you know, I, I, I played at San Diego state a little bit over a decade ago and, and, uh, you know, you and I have a pretty good relationship and, you know, it just, uh, you know, I, I had the opportunity to play for Mark Martinez, who's still there and the head coach. Uh, he's the head coach there. And, and, you know, you've been able to work alongside him for the better part of a decade now. So, I mean, I really just kind of want to, you know, I kind of want to see, you know, what that experience has been like for you being at San Diego State. Um, I know you played a little bit before, you know, professionally, collegiately, you know, to talk a, bit, a little bit about yourself. Yeah, actually, I grew up in San Diego. Um you know, my wife and actually both from San Diego. We call each other unicorns because it's really hard to find San Diego natives because there's so many transplants. But, yeah, I grew up here, um, got recruited really late in the process at the University of the Pacific, um, played there actually five seasons. I registered one year there and got my bachelor's and master's degrees there. Um, was a 15th-round pick by the Baltimore 2010, and then played three um, decided to, uh, you know, get into coaching in 2013. Um, Orioles actually offered me an opportunity to, to coach rookie ball and kind of stay in the organization. You know, but my heart, um, you know, was really in college baseball. I felt like that's where I grew up. You know, I was molded. And it just meant more to me. I felt like I could make a bigger impact there. So um, decided to come back home to San Diego and, um, you know, try that route and just networked and talked to a million people. and. Um, you know, got connected with Mark Martinez, who's now our head coach. And, um, you know, he convinced Tony Gwynn, um, who was head coach at the time, to hire me as a volunteer assistant uh, back in August 2013, um, which was kind of surreal for me. I grew up idolizing the guy and, um, you know, obviously a huge fan, you know, being a San Diegan and watching him play for the Padres for so many years. Um to you know work with him for that year and uh, you know alongside him and Mark and our pitching coach at the time was John Pulowski who had just came from Auburn the head coach in the SEC at Auburn for five years so it's kind of a 
you know, perfect storm for me to start my, my coaching career alongside those three guys and pick their brains. And, um, you know, Mark and I have, you know, kind of carried Tony's legacy and, um, you know, it's been a success, pretty successful seven years and, um, you know, programs kind of moving forward in the right direction. And, and I hate to say that you guys turned it around because I was a part of, you know, the Aztec program in 07, but we, 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 we had a ton of talent, you know, you know, Billings, you know, Bruce Billings, right. And we had some other mm-hmm. Garrett Parcell. We had really good, uh, we had arms, you know, we can, we can, we can pitch, you know, we could play defense and for, but just for some reason we just couldn't put together offensively as a group, but, um, and you know, you know, RIP to, to, to big T up there, but, um, he, he, and he did a great job and I just, I, I learned so much from him, um, you know, about the game and about, you know, just, just perfecting your craft as a hitter and, um, you know, the experience with him or, you know, playing for him, you know, it, it's very, um, obviously not a lot of guys get to, get to do it, you know? Um, but you know, there's still certain, you know, certain things that he said or, um, the way he coached, it stayed with me till this day. So he, he was, a, I mean, you were around him for a year too, like you said, right. So, you know, there was, you know, yep. just, just, you know, talk about that for a second, you know, about, you know, your experience with him, you know, for the, for the short time you were able to be with him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't, I didn't get the full Tony, I don't think, cause he was, I mean, he was obviously it was the last year of his life. So he was really sick. You know, he was going, there were some days where he would go get chemo morning and show up to practice. And, um, you know, it was really hard some days to watch him. You know, he was really hurting, but just him showing up and, you know, being there for the guys and trying to grind through it just showed how much he really cared just about the players. And it was, it was, it was kind of cool to see, you know, an actual Hall of Famer, you know, who everybody idolized just go through all that just to be there for our guys. And, you know, but there were those days where he was feeling good and he would light up the room with his, his jokes and his laugh and everybody would sit around the dugout after practice and just kind of listen to his banter. He loved to joke. He loved to get on guys, keep it loose. And, um, obviously he's extremely knowledgeable about the game and, um, you know, I think the biggest take takeaway I took from him was just his simplicity, um, you know, and his approach to hitting. I think, yeah, I think it came, but he also really worked at it to, to get to that point. And so, you know, anytime we, we try to get too complicated, you know, with everything, all the technology and everything, you know, I try to, I try to go back to just, you know, Tony's philosophy of, of keeping it pretty simple and, getting in good position, letting your athleticism take over, letting your work take over. And, you know, a lot of times that that eases the mind and, um, you know, allows our guys to relax and, and kind of have success from that. Yeah. And he, uh, I mean, my, my dad passed away in 2012, right? And, uh, you, know, it, you know, you kind of knew that, you know, Tony was kind of going down that path of, you know, he wasn't very healthy, um, obviously towards the end. And, uh uh, I remember, I think it was like 2013, you know, it was shortly after my dad passed away. Um, I'm sorry, my dad passed away in 2013. Oh, shoot. Um, it was shortly after he passed away. And, you know, I, I hadn't seen T in, shoot, maybe two or three years. But you just kind of hear through the media, you know, how he's doing. I was talking to uh, to, the, to guys that were, you know, that, that were still down in San Diego that, you know, had been around him a little bit. Um, and they were just telling me, hey, he's not doing too well. You know, if you want to come see him, you know, now's probably the time. And so I decided to take the trip down there. I'm about an hour and a half north um, of San Diego State. So I took the trip down there, and I, I went out, and I was—I think I was shagging balls for, I want to say, uh, 
I want to see who was out there, man. I think I think I think Tony Gwynn Jr. was out there, but uh, Adam Jones was out there hitting, and and you mm-hmm. know Bruce was in the was in the pen throwing bullpens, and I just wanted to go out there and just you know just kind of be on the field. But I wanted to you know just you know kind of say hi and say thank you for you know for the impact he had on me, and and obviously he had that you know he had a similar impact on so many other so many other players. Um, you know, the last thing he ever said to me was, Hey, you know, and I was walking out of the dugout, he looks at me, you know, after he gives me a hug and says, Hey, you'll always be an Aztec. And that was, um, you know, probably one of the coolest experiences, um, on the field that I've had. And that, that wasn't even as a player, you know, I was, I was done playing, but it was just really, you know, really warming, um, to hear that from him. And it, it wasn't too long after that, you know, and then I heard it on the radio, you know, when he passed away and it was, you know, that was heartbreaking, you know, but, um, you knew, you kind of mm-hmm. knew, you kind of knew it was coming. Um, Mm-hmm. You know, and so that was, you know, a tough day, but, um, you know, we, we, we all learned a lot from him and, and like I said, you know, greatly impacted by what he brought to the game and what he brought to the field. Um, you know, you and I were both, you know, pretty fortunate to, to, to experience that a little bit firsthand. Um, but you know, with, with Martinez, you know, kind of, kind of, you know, taking over and leading the helm since then, I mean, shoot, you guys have had tremendous success, you know, with, with you doing a great job. I see you on the recruiting trail everywhere I go. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like you and I should just be roommates on the road, you know, wherever we go. Because <laughs> That'd be great. It would be. We could go golfing every day, um, you know, assuming we're, ever, assuming we're ever allowed out of the house again. But, um, you know, it just, I mean, I, I've seen, you know, the, the type of work you put in, um, you know, and the discipline that you have when you're, when you're out on the road and recruiting and, and stuff like that, you're away from, you know, your family, you're away from home, you know, tell me, you know, tell me just from the, the, the recruiting coordinator's perspective, you know, the, 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 the daily grind, uh, what goes into that? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it starts at the top with coach Martinez, just kind of creating that, that work ethic and in that environment, you know, that that's the whole program, um, you know, you, you're, you you can't win the you know someone told me a, a quote you can't win the Kentucky Derby with the donkey so you, you got to have talented players you got to have good players and and you got to work to find them there's there so many really good programs great college baseball coaches um, you know players aren't just going to fall into your lap so you know you really have to work um, and get out there get in front of them see them play and um, you know another huge part of that is is seeing guys play multiple times to, to make sure that they're right they're the right fit for, for our program they're going to be successful with us and so um, you know we communicate daily you know with coach Martinez coach Braza and I um, you know about our needs kind of what we're looking for we send each other videos all the time on players and um, you know it's, it's what drives the program and um, you know we obviously you know have had some success with some pretty talented players and um, but it's all about getting the kids that, that fit our culture and our environment and, um, you know, are successful once they get on campus. Um, you know, Coach Martinez has created that, and it's just kind of kind of my job to be on the on the forefront and sort of the, the front door to the program out there, um, you know, getting these kids, you know, on campus in front of him and ultimately into our program that are going to be successful. Yeah. And it, the, one, the one, one thing about you guys, you know, is you guys are – extremely blue collar as a program you know you guys I mean Martinez is is probably one of the hardest working coaches that I've that I've been around um one of one of my, one of the best coaches I've had you know and I you know I played a little professionally as well and and had some had some you know guys that you know had some extreme influence over the game that that I was you know fortunate enough to play play for but Martinez was was right up there at the top 
Um, you know, I know at least for the players that, you know, that I work with, um, you know, I, and they have to be a, a good fit for the program, for the colleges that, you know, that we want to promote them to. Right. And so there's, mm-hmm. that there's, there's a special type of kid, um, that, that for instance, if, if you and I are in contact about like, you know, I'll tell you like, Hey, you know, this is, this is the type of kid that you guys want in your program. You know, he's, you know, he, he goes hard, he, he loves to work, you know, and that's, that's always going to be at the forefront, I think, for what you're looking for in a, in an athlete or a student athlete, you know, besides the grades and besides what goes on in the classroom, but, you know, on the field, you know, you just, you know, there's, there's certain kids that, you know, I talk to you about, and there's certain kids that I really don't even bring up, even though they're talented, just because they don't have that type of character, you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. you know, and you may even see them out on the road and you, you, you know, you might, you might find them to be pretty good players. I just hope you never ask me about them. So <laughs> I trust you, man. I trust you. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, just talk a little bit about that too, you know, and what, what, what are the types of players? Um, you know, cause we work with, with a ton of guys throughout the West coast, you know, and even beyond that, um, you know, into, you know, into, into the Midwest and Texas and Tennessee and, and, and now in Florida, you know, what are the types of guys, um, you know, that you, that you target as a recruiter? Yeah, for sure. Obviously, you know, we all want the, the five tool guys that are you know, 4.0 students and, you know, or just the full package. And, you know, those are, those guys are hard to find, probably harder to get and, and even harder to show, get to show up on campus. So, you know, kind of finding the guys that, that are, that are talented, but also fit us or, you know, comes with that work and getting out there. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's funny when, when we bring back this, you know, times they, they won't be a fit and, you know, they kind of feel that we feel that, but, you know, the guys that are, are, are the guys that feel that kind of immediately when they talk to Coach Martinez, they talk to myself, they talk to our players, and, and you know those are the guys that you know we want to get and ultimately show up, and, and they're better off for it. And um, you know, Coach Martinez is, is probably one of the hardest, hardest working head coaches out there, and you know he's instilled that into our culture. And you know, you know hard work will we'll always win. And um, you know, he always says you can't lie to yourself. You know, you you will get exposed if you haven't put the work in. And you know, so the guys go up and, you know, work part of the ones that get on the field, um, you know, when the moments get big and, um, you know, big situations, you know, the guys that have put the work in um, are the ones going to get the job done. Um, you know, we've had guys that are big prospects and drafted out of high school get beat by walk-ons, you know, and walk-ons have, have earned the job and, and, you know, beat them out and started over those types of guys because, you know, they've, they put the work in, they're, you know, coachable, they make adjustments and those are the guys that, that we're going to win with, you know, at this level. And just to, and I was just say, just to kind of um, elaborate on that really fast, um, you know, how important have walk-ons been for your program? I, I mean, I guess we've never had that conversation, but I, you know, I've had conversations yeah. with other guys, other coaches in the past and they, you know, they've been a tremendous you know, resource for them. And I think that a lot of, there's a, there's a common misconception on what, what it means to be a walk-on player. Like they don't have any value to a program if they're, you know, if they're accepted mm-hmm. as a walk-on um, to a college yep. program. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. how yeah, has well, that been for you guys? It's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's, you know, it's what kind of what, what drives the program and, and makes the depth of it. You know, unfortunately college baseball, we're 11.7 scholarships and we're only allowed, 27 guys on scholarship and you know at a, on a 
25-man roster. So that means every year we have at least eight guys that are not on money. And, you know, to be honest, our guys, our players in the locker room have no idea who's on money and who's on not. Everybody's exactly the same. Um, you know, the best player plays no matter what. You know, a scholarship is, is sort of a tool to, to get guys to campus. Um, you know, but once they're there, they, they have to earn it. And, you know, our, our conference player of the year, an All-American shortstop in 2017, Danny Sheehan, was a walk-on with us. You know, he came came in and worked hard, earned his time, and ended up being All-American and um, the conference player, the first ever Mountain West Conference player there at San Diego State. Um, so, you know, that's just an example of a guy coming in, um, you know, not feeling sorry for himself and, um, you know, just, just came in to earn it with the right mindset and, and, and definitely did that. And now he's, now he's actually on our coaching staff as well because he's kind of, you know, fits that mindset and that work ethic that we're looking for. Yeah. And I, I, you know, just kind of my experience, I guess, with guys in that position where they're not, you know, big scholarship guys, or I like to call them Hollywood names out of high school, you know, they, they tend to have, yep. you know, they tend to compete with a little bit more of a chip on their shoulder. Um, and it's almost as if like the guys that are, you know, they're early commit guys or they're, um, you know, high end high school players, you know, they're, it's almost, you know, they, they find a sense of complacency, uh, or they find themselves, you know, a little bit more complacent, you know, as, as players overall, I, I not everybody, but I just feel like there's a general trend with guys that, you know, they, you know, once they commit, they feel like they're very, you know, they're ahead of the pack. Um, and then they just kind of, you know, come off their work a little bit you know, so to speak. And, um, I, I, with the walk on guys or the guys that, you know, the late commit guys, you know, those guys tend to have to earn their spot a little bit more. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. and I don't know. If, I mean, I think that plays into it a lot. Um, you know, but I think that, that, you know, that the guys that, you know, continue on and persevere, you know, and as you know, you know, they tend to turn out to be pretty good players. Um, you know, so, I mean, with that, I mean, you know, how, I mean, your guys' season's cut short. You know, there's not, you know, obviously everybody's season's cut short. Even the high school season in California is pretty much, you know, pretty much canceled. Um, <clears throat> I know it's disheartening. You know, how does that impact your guys' program now, you know, as far as recruiting is concerned? I mean, maybe we're targeting certain types of players, you know, in, in specific grad classes now. Has that changed uh, for you guys? Uh, yeah, yeah, obviously it's, it's a, big change big decisions and um you know but you know we're still learning you know each day new information is coming out and um you know we're trying to navigate our players through it our income guys through it and uh you know we want everybody to be treated fairly and give everybody what they're promised and you know we're just we're trying to learn from our school you know what they're willing to do and you know if they're going to add on the seniors and you know provide the funding for them. um you know i think the draft being short and throws in this whole other you know major where you know guys we we're, we might have been signing or being drafted you know have a better chance of coming back or, or getting to campus so um you know it's trying to gather information about the draft um you know the eligibility purposes and um you know just trying to treat everybody right and you know just being honest and upfront with everybody it's kind of put everything at a standstill a little bit you know obviously there's guys that we're, we're talking to that we might just kind of hold the presses, you know, until we kind of figure out what our roster is going to shake out to be next year. And, then, you know, everybody getting that year kind of has ramifications for the years after, um, you know, but, you know, I was thinking it may not, we might have, you know, we'll have three draft eligible classes next year. Now we're going to have a whole class of registered sophomores, a whole class of juniors. And then there's a chance, you know, 
you know, we lose a ton and then all of a sudden we need, you know, go get a bunch more players. And so, um, you know, we communicate as a staff daily, just trying to map it out and figure it out. I'm talking to, you know, GMs, advise everybody, just trying to figure out what everybody's hearing and, and try to act this thing and, and give our players and our commits, um, you know, the best information we can. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I, I imagine it's pretty tough for everybody. So it's, uh, you know, kind of fair across the board. Right. So, uh, in that regard, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, this is just kind of just crazy times in general. I mean, everybody's, you know, got to adapt, um, somehow if we're going to be able to survive this and, and, you know, and not just survive it, but, you know, be able to, you know, to get through this and, and, you know, keep our sanity. <laughs> so, you know, luckily yeah. I've, I've found some, some constructive outlets, you know, like starting this podcast and, you know, we have a, some, some web-based training that we're, you know, diving into and some, you know, we have our first webinar today that we're going, you know, doing with our web-based training. And it's just, you know, just trying to, to, to continue to provide that, you know, the, that motivation for, you know, our guys, and, you know, some of them, you know, young kids, parents go to work still all day, you know? And so these kids, some of them are at home by themselves and just, you know, you know, PS4 and Xbox are still, you know, going strong, but I mean, what can they do? You know, we're trying to give them different, you know, different ways to be productive with their day. You know, once they're done with their two hours of, you know, distance learning from their Chromebook, you know, what do they do after that? You know, a lot of times they just, you know, they just sit on the, sit on the couch and, you know, scroll through Hulu or Disney plus or whatever they, you know, whatever they're streaming. So, I mean, my, my goal here is, you know, this is, you know, these types of informational podcasts here are, you know, for the parents as much as they're for the, for the, for the players. Right. And then, um, with, with the web-based training, just being able to get with them and, and give them something interactive to do so that they're being productive. And when they, when they're, when it's time for them to get back on the field, they could be a little bit ahead of the, ahead of the, you know, ahead of the curve, you know, so to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, what, I mean, how interactive now are you with your players, at, you know, at San Diego state and, you know, do they have any means? I mean, obviously everybody's kind of limited right now, but what, what, how have you guys kind of helped them to stay focused on, you know, on, on their improvement and their self-improvement and all that? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, actually I just told our guys the other day that, you know, excuses are gone now. They have nothing but time. So, you know, if they, if they don't come back stronger, smarter, you know, it's just, they'll they'll be exposed really quick from a, you know, lack of drive, lack of discipline. So, you know, what they're doing now is, um, you know, going to be crucial to, you know, their success, you know, when we're able to get back on the field, kind of reiterating that to them. And, you know, we have Zoom calls, you know, we check in with our guys a week. One, the two of the days are kind of individual groups. We split them up into three groups and we kind of rotate through our coaching staff. And then we have a, a call that Coach Martinez leads, and the, the whole coaching staff, whole team is on it every Wednesday just to check in, answer questions. Um, you know, and, you know, at this time, school is basically number one. You know, that's a always you know, great that and preach that that you know the standards of you know what their GPA should be should be even higher because they have the time to, to study and spend time on their work, and um, so they, they should be crushing school. We should have a 4.0 as a team this semester. Um, you know, other than that, the, the rules keep changing. At the beginning of this thing, they could send us videos, you know, they're doing, and we could break it down. And then all of a sudden, the compliance came in and said, we can't do that. 
but they can send it to social media for everybody to see and we can look at which is a little <laughs> bit of a crazy rule red and now i'm hearing it's going to shift even back so it's just uh you know, it, it keeps shifting on what we're able to do. Um, you know, and, and each of our guys has a little different setup. You know, I was actually really surprised about how many of our guys have, you know, a little weight set or a cage at the house. Um, you know, it just kind of shows what kind of great parents our, our players have in our program, that they have that kind of set up and, you know, access to that. I know some guys are cheating and going to the field or the park like they're they're not supposed to, but you know, going over there to get some swings in or get some throwing in and, um, you know, but th- there's a way to, to get everything done. You know, I you know, tell our guys all the time, rather than sit there, watch TV, why don't you do push-ups during the commercial or sit-ups or squats? If you don't have any weights, you know, you can get strong off, off doing body weight stuff hey, and uh, your body should be transforming. Ro- Rocky Balboa beat Ivan Drago and he didn't have one piece of weight equipment. Yeah, there you go. And it was, it was a Herschel Walker that never lifted a weight, weight either, you know, back in the day. And, um, you know, there's, there's definitely ways to get stronger without weight. And so, um, just having the discipline to, to go through that and, um, you know, should be able to change your body's strength and, um, you know, whatever they're able to do baseball wise, you know, a lot of obviously every guy's capable of doing dry swings and, um, you know, wall drills, um, you know, any sort of thing like that to be creative, film themselves, get in the mirror. Um, you know, I, I just kind of preach our guys, get back to the basic fundamentals, and work from the ground up and, you right. know, perfect all those, those basic mechanics. Well, and what I, what I say is like, everybody is, you know, kind of in the same boat right now. You know what I mean? So if you can mm-hmm. get out and do anything, you know, you're putting yourself, you know, you're giving yourself the advantage just because everybody's stuck, you know, with, you know, without a throwing partner or without somebody hit them fungos or get in a cage, right? Unless you're lucky enough to have one or, you're, you know, you, you know, but you can get a lot done, you know, with a T and a bonnet, I think, you know. Yeah, or, no, no doubt about it. You can work on the basic mechanic. You may, may not be able to see ball flight, and um, you know, but you can film yourself and, you know, kind of cut yourself up, you know, work on things. Another thing I, I told our guys too is it's a great time to, you know, work on things without having to worry about results. You know, they're not have to worry about going and, and, you know, hitting the ball hard and having good at-bats next week. You know, they can just work on and really break things down and, you know, make some mechanical adjustments and, um, you know, really get after it workout-wise. They don't have to worry about playing sore the next day. They, they You know, I told our guys, you know, the goal should be make yourself sore every day. So push yourself to that point where, you know, you're going to be sore the next day because, you know, to worry about competing right now. It's a, it's a great opportunity to, to improve those things. Right. Well, I mean, I don't want to keep you here all day long. Um, we're already approaching like the 30 minute mark here in a few minutes. Um, I mean, we can go back and forth and, and, you know, I hope we're, you know, we, we get another chance to do this again. And hopefully, um, you know, the, the players and the families that, you know, are listening into this are, you know, getting, you know, getting good information that they can apply in some way. Um, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I know you guys, you know, I know you personally have a super busy day washing cars and, and, uh, you know, swimming in the pool and stuff like that. How, how's your wife doing? <laughs> Pulling weeds. You know, she's great. Yeah. She's, uh, 33 weeks pregnant today. And so, um, we got baby boy coming early June. Nice. A little, little bit of anxiety uh, right now with just everything going on. But, you know, we've had a call with our doctor this morning. The hospital is safe, and they're taking two-week shifts to, you know, you know, prevent anything from happening in the hospital. So that made us feel a whole lot better. So 
definitely uh, taking this time to, to prepare for the baby and enjoy some quality family time, as, as everybody should. You never know when you get this type of time to spend with your loved ones again. So, right. especially um, trying to take advantage yeah. of it. Especially with like somebody like you, you're you know you're you're pretty busy. You know when when we you know when we get back to real life. Um, you know for me this has been this time's been you know somewhat of a blessing to be able to spend time with my kids more. You know and you know get some stuff done around the house and. Um, I, I, you know, I often neglect that stuff, you know, just because, you know, a lot of times, you know, the, you know, work comes first. Um, and I know you know how that is sometimes. Um, but you know, yep. you know, thanks again. Um, tell Martinez, I say hello, hopefully one day we can get him on here and I, he can yell at me in front of everybody. Um, so, <laughs> we can make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love to have him. So, um, but thanks again, Joe, you know, I really appreciate it. And, and you know, good, you know, get back to work, you know, go pick those weeds, but, yep. um, um, you know, with that, you know, I'm going to let you go right now. All right. Um, all right. I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it guys. You know, that's Joe Oliveira, recruiting coordinator at San Diego state. Um, he's been, you know, he's one of the best guys out there, uh, working the hardest to get, you know, the players that they need to, to fill their program up. Um, and you know, if there's any interest in, and learning more about this stuff, uh, whether it's college baseball or development in general or recruiting in general, you know, pl- please feel free to join in on our pa- podcast going forward. Uh, this is a Locked In Baseball podcast, and I'll talk to you guys later. Here comes, here comes,